0: Good evening, everyone. So my friends, this morning uh, at Mass, um, we had over 350 soon-to-be saints. <laughs> so we had a nice turnout. My friends, uh, the homily I delivered this morning uh, was erased by Deacon, because uh, it's recorded, but he erased it uh, accidentally. Uh <laughs> So I have a different homily, just in case he really didn't like that one, and uh, actually did it on purpose. (laughs) So Deacon, would you like me to repeat this morning's homily, or would you like me to deliver the new one? The first one. There we go. Uh, So it ends on this evening, uh, the Solemnity of All Saints uh, in our church's celebration. We're celebrating family. It's all of us. Strictly speaking, the canonized saints... Uh, we believe, are in their glory, shared with Christ already. Um, But we are joyfully united uh, with our brothers and sisters in the faith, the ones we call saints. The saints, uh, though in heaven, uh, this morning I told everyone, they're not that far away from us. For if the saints are with God, and God is everywhere, and he is, then they cannot be that far from us. I suspect these saints, our brothers and sisters, understand us very well, perhaps in ways that they could not when they walked on earth. They certainly wish us well. And with God's grace, they pray for us, and they hope that we will always choose the right path. In this, then, their lives while on earth encouraged us and guide us toward true happiness. In them, the Heavenly Father's love is made more manifest, more approachable, and more tangible. Today, we join the saints in heaven in thanking God, who loves us. We thank Him for all that He has done all that he continues to do, including, as the reading, second reading tells us, he has made us his own children. Together with the saints, we should listen then to the voice of Jesus, who promises happiness and shows us the way to reach this type of happiness. And so my friends, the saints, they walk this path, and they invite us to do likewise, with an ever and deepening trust. The one thing about the saints, they were just like us. Their DNA is human, like ours. They were born. Perhaps, if you want to say what makes them a little bit different, perhaps they had heroic faith. They were open to God and trusted heroically. They lived in times that were very difficult as do we. They lived in times also when human life was degraded and not shown respect. So do we. And God raises up saints in every time period to help meet this challenge with the world. Today's gospel expresses the pathway to Christian happiness. My friends, what Jesus delivered on the mountain uh, Was a homily, so the Beatitudes is a homily, and uh, as a homilist, and deacon will know, homilist. Typically, when they speak, they're speaking about that which is dearest to their heart. So Jesus is speaking, and he's giving a homily, and he's exposing his heart to us. Here's the things that are of great importance to me, the Son of God, God. And my friends. uh, when I was in Israel, uh, I went to the Mount of Beatitudes. But the the guide that I had, uh, he said, now you call the Mount of Beatitudes, but we call it Happy Mountain. And it makes sense because in the scriptures, blessed are means happy are. So my Jewish friend who was taking me on the tour guide, he had it right. Um, but I just laughed because I said, oh, Happy Mountain, does that translate into souvenir store that you're going to take me to next. (laughs) He said, no, we go to a restaurant next, priest. (laughs) But What Jesus is talking about, he's saying, blessed, happy are those who, and it could be surprising to us because it makes us see that true happiness can only be found where the world does not look for it. The world would tell you, Oh, great are the rich, for they can with their wealth satisfy all their desires. But Jesus says, no, blessed, happy are the poor. The world says, oh, happy are the strong and who can use power because they can impose their will will on others and have them do whatever they wish. But Jesus insists, no, Blessed are the meek. My friends, when I look at this, there can be no greater contrast between the two perspectives, that of Jesus and that of the world of his time, which I don't think it's all that different now. So I pose the question to everyone, what makes more sense to you, what Jesus says and his perspective or what the world would like you to believe? Our faith tells us that Jesus is the one whose view makes the most sense. But many people struggle to embrace it, let alone understand it. In reality, the Beatitudes are not a simple proclamation of truth, but an invitation to conversion. When you look at what he's saying, it will require conversion of heart to come to that understanding. Jesus urges us to abandon old notions, and welcome a new point of view. And he invites us to abandon our tendencies towards self-centeredness and selfishness and perhaps greed and find in him and his words and his ways joy and true peace. He also asks us to look and see the generosity that's found in them, particularly around love. Jesus said, blessed are those poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So my friends, some of the things of this world, particularly greed, has the ability to separate us not only from God, but from each other. It gets in the way. Some of you already know this. You see it and you've lived it. It gets in the way of human relationships. And my friends, um, It makes some people very, very restless and certainly has attributed to a culture uh, in the United States, particularly of legal litigation. I watch commercials from the personal injury lawyers. You need to call us first before you talk to anybody. And the one says, I won't give you one reason why, I'll give you five million reasons why with a dollar sign. So call us. Is that about justice? Or is that about something different? It's a little bit misguided, but blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the way Matthew writes this, he's using present tense verbs, not Jesus. He didn't say Jesus said, blessed will be. He said, Blessed are now, even now. Jesus does not say the poor will be blessed sometime down the road in the future, perhaps when they enter into the heavenly kingdom. The poor are already blessed because the kingdom of heaven Jesus is putting forth belongs to them already. The kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of love that comes from God and into which uh, enter all those who will, if you will, look away from the virtues and values the world likes to put forth. If we see the world as containing so many things that we want to have, only we close ourselves off to so much more, and particularly God's grace, perhaps failing to recognize God's intention that everything assists us in living out our Christian charity and faith and hope and love. And all these things are the pathway to holiness. Evangelical poverty does not consist in having nothing, but rather in receiving everything that we do have and seeing it as gift from the Father and a means of entering into healthy communion with other people, not things to separate us. Perhaps we should not think of ourselves as absolute masters then of everything, but instead, let us consider the world as a house where everything is a sign of the Father's love. My remember this morning I talked a little bit about St. Francis. When I was in Italy, I went to Assisi and I saw, and when I was there, I'd heard stories about everybody in the world being there. And when I was there, it seemed like everybody in the world was there. In particularly, there were Christians of all denominations. There were Muslims. They were people identified uh, as Jewish and those who believed in something but not necessarily a religion of sorts and others who were curious. And they were coming to see where this man named Francis of Assisi lived. And they were, found him remarkable and held him in high esteem and read his all the stories about him and came to love him And I think it's wonderful. But did they ask the question, why? Why did he do what he did? Because if they did, they would come to love what he loved. God. God was the reason he did all that he did. And it made me wonder, when you see Francis, do you see God? Do you see who is behind it? Francis had no power on his own. It was all through Christ. And he distributed, if you will, to Francis, and Francis gave it to just about everybody. He He gave everything away, as a matter of fact, much to the anger of his mother and father, who wouldn't speak to him anymore, because Francis came from a very wealthy family. And they gave it all away. There's, there's an icon that shows Francis in confrontation with his mother and father. And it showed the bishops of the church standing behind Francis with the governor and stuff behind the parents. And uh, the bishops represented the church. And they weren't getting a dime <laughs> because Francis' father took all of his inheritance away. As a matter of fact, he had, the story says that he had fabrics. And he took it from his father. He didn't steal it from his father. It belonged to him. He took it for the church to use. And his father demanded it all back. So he gave it all back. And then Francis took off all his clothes and was naked. in the And said, here, this belongs to you too. <laughs> Children, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. That was, Francis, that was Francis and his parents. But it Again, it made me wonder, all these people from all these different type of religious backgrounds came to see this man, but did they recognize the Lord that was behind him? (laughs) You might be right about that little one. (laughs) No. But my friends, it made me also question, what do you do when you see me? Me? I'll go and anoint someone in the hospital, and people will attempt to grab my hand and kiss my hand. Thank you, Father. No, don't thank me. Thank the Lord. He does everything. If I just do what I'm supposed to be doing, then everything will be great. But it makes me wonder, not that I draw attention to myself, but do they see the action of the priest as Christ himself, the way I was presenting Francis, And what can I do to make sure and ensure that this happens? Give glory and honor to the Father if you wish to thank me afterwards. I usually tell people, say a prayer. In the old days, they used to... The priest would anoint someone, and you went to shake the family's hand goodbye, and they were slipping. you're like, what? I am not on the East Coast of the Mafia. There is no money to be exchanged here. (laughs) put it in the collection box when you come to church to offer your thanks and praise. But that makes me think about all of you. If I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, they should see Jesus. You are all baptized and you are all disciples of Jesus. Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? And do they see Jesus behind your actions? Do they know that you're a Christian? Remember the scripture says, They will know you are my disciples by the way you love. And Francis loved. (laughs) He loved greatly. And so, my friends, um, as I said, Francis comes to mind, but there are so many more uh, whose lives were dedicated to Jesus. And it's okay for us to show admiration and gratitude to them, but ultimately, Praise goes to the Father and to Jesus. This morning I reminded everybody we do not worship anyone but God. We can venerate our saints and we can ask for help. But worship, as our understanding of worship, belongs only to God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are the only ones deserving of worship. But everything, when I look at Jesus his whole life, Uh, uh, he did everything his father asked. And uh, everything that we do should be for the father. But the funny thing about that is everything that the father has done has been about you. Jesus came and it was about you. When he died, it was about you. So everything that the father has done has been about you. We should be doing a lot more about him then who has given us so much. And so, my friends, uh, I think this is one of the things about the saints. Um, They were certainly filled with this type of perspective and attitude. And I think the other thing the saints totally understood was they knew they had a spectacular future that awaited them. And some of them were not treated nice in this world, not even by the church at the time. But they knew. They knew in their heart who they were serving and ultimately who they would see and the adventure that was coming for them in heaven. And so my friends, as the scripture says, being a child of God, being a part of Christ's mission, we have an eternal future and an adventure to go on also with Christ. We just have to link ourselves to him. All Saints Day gives glory to God for all that God has done and all that he teaches us. And one of the other things about our saints is that they are like us, so it tells us that we can do this. We just have to choose to. They chose to. And my friends, there are many, 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 many more saints that are known as lay people, like you, than there are priests, bishops, and deacons, and nuns, and monks. Because there's more of you, so that would make more sense. And so, my friends, uh, in every time period, God the Father raises up saints to stand witness and to help us to witness also. So that means right now, saints are already present. We just don't know it. It is possible that you are sitting next to one. So treat your wife right. <laughs> it is possible one of your children are saints. B means you've got to act like one always then. I had to be careful with parents. I would say, no, treat the children right. You probably are, and I'm going to leave it right at that. <laughs> but this is the reason why we should always treat each other with respect and love because you might be encountering one of God's saints already. And uh, the saints are so close to the Heavenly Father and they spend their heaven doing good upon earth. So we ask them always to assist us and to guide us on that path that leads only to the Father.